Hello, today I'm back at it examining the dichotomy of employee experiences, <clears throat> how it's impacting what leaders should be focusing on, and the big shift in expectations. But before we get any further, I'd like to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Cloud Wars Expo. This event is running June 28th through 30th at Moscone Center in San Francisco, California. I'll be there uh, leading tracks and sessions alongside of Bob Evans, founder of Cloud Wars, and the rest of my Acceleration Economy analyst colleagues. So for more information, please go to cloudwarsexpo.com to learn more. All right, in this episode, I'm joined by Scott Vaughn. He is an experienced CMO and board level executive with many years of advising and leading the organizational go-to-market strategy. And he's a fellow Acceleration Economy Network Analyst. And in this episode, we'll span the next generation of the great resignation. What's up with the anti-work movement, the importance of digital investments, and much more. So have you been thinking about the reimagination of employee experiences? Well, stay tuned. Well, hello, Scott. Glad to have you on the show again. It's always a pleasure to be chatting with you. It's, uh, uh, you know, I've had some great conversations in the past. I still recall our great conversation we had around uh, uh, understanding data, even if it's uncomfortable, those are comfortable truths of data. So uh, I still reflecting on that conversation. But uh, uh, today we have a, a, a different topic here that I'd yeah. love to uh, unpack with you a bit. And uh, as you've noticed, um, we'll just dive right in here. If, you, if you've noticed that uh, over the past probably about a year, roughly, I'd say on that time frame or so, we've seen this phrase of the great resignation of going on. And there's uh, plenty of stats that come around that seem to bolster this theme that you're seeing and, uh, you know, the job numbers and, and so forth. But uh, I think right now we're, we're a bit beyond that. We're... Uh, we're shifting gears here, I think, to a different reality across our employee-employer type of experience and expectations and work. And so I was wondering if you could, you know, what's your thoughts around this shift sure. of, you know, from a great resignation to kind of what's the next thing here? Yeah, you, you got it. And always great to discuss and debate and banter with you yeah. and, and for the whole acceleration economy uh, community. So a couple of things I'm observing, I'm actually one of those people. Uh, Anthony Klott, the uh, Texas A&M professor, April 2021, he coined this thing called the Great Resignation. Well, I actually resigned in April 2021 after, I don't know, a long time in corporate America. And uh, that's not an anti, I just was ready for to build something different and do something different. And um, so I can relate to it. I think we've kind of been on that ride that uh, with the pandemic, with racial injustice, with uh, the pace of change of life, everything that was happening and the unevenness of society and of business. There were the haves and have nots through this crazy last two years that created a surge of everybody stepping back and reflecting. And I think we've had a year to do that. And I see kind of the great resignation now turning into the great reshuffle. So uh, now people are 
rethinking their career. They're rethinking the type of company they wanna work for, the type of leader and type of work environment and schedule. So I think we, we are, uh, I don't know, pivoting is the right word, or we're certainly evolving into beyond or just a resignation because people are trying to find where they fit in, where they wanna fit in and what their overall work-life integration looks like. So I think you're dead on that there is something happening um, in all my conversations and trying to study and track this as well as being one of the, the, the lab experiments myself yeah. over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're, you're right. I actually uh, quite recently uh, uh, got the opportunity to, to be a part of a, um, a little leadership mentor program. Uh, with some um, candidates that are newer into the um, web development uh, world, and uh, these are they're uh, they're candidates from uh, Africa, Europe, you know, just all over the world. A great group of of young folks. I can I can say that now with <laughs> having earned the the gray hair here, but. Uh, <laughs> No, great group of young folks. I never and, noticed, Darren. Uh, I try to hide behind <laughs> the mic here a bit. <laughs> but uh, they uh, one, uh, two big things that stood out in my conversations with them and this group is that, um, one, their passion they have is driven by their curiosity. Yeah. I'm glad that they are, they're very curious about what is available and what's capable to be done that's out there. Two, quite a few of them, transition totally different from what they were doing before of work into this one yeah. one one of the uh, fellows on there was a, a bartender for seven years and now he's he shifted gears he's he quite uh, frankly admitted that he was just stuck in a rut he was tired of doing that same thing over and over and over again and he wanted to challenge himself with something different and i think that's feeding into this great reshuffle is that people are not just looking for a different career similar to what they've had before. Some of them are challenging themselves to do something totally different. Yeah, that's, Going back that's, to school sorry, or bro. certifications or hands-on learning with something, whatever the case may be, they're jumping into, you know, they're willing to take the risk here yeah. as part of this. Well, I think you've got two forces coming together. You've got the bartender story there was a whole set of workers who really were displaced for a year and, and couldn't work or was mm -hmm. stop stop start stop start stop and so you have that and then you have companies who needed to find people bodies talent mm -hmm. um, and so all of a sudden you didn't have to have this degree or this 10 years of experience companies were waking up to realize that they need to maybe build their own program and development efforts and, and so these two great things were in a great way colliding, that they are coming together to say, um, you know, it's about attitude and um, aptitude. That's going to create the altitude if we can find the right kind of people. So all of a sudden, you know, you may have got into a, a, a job such as a bartender or worked in the hospitality industry. And all of a sudden, someone put in front of you, let's just say technology, because we spend so much time there technology roles within these companies or they, they, you know, things where you could utilize those skills. So that's one of the factors that's coming out of the great reshuffle is people are rethinking what's possible because companies know that uh, there's not plentiful talent in all these roles. And as we know, there are hundreds of thousands of jobs open, certainly in the U.S. and, and, and in other areas of the world. 
Well, and part of this, I think it played into it was that uh, many saw the ease of accessibility to uh, to these tools or learning capabilities because as the explosion of having to work from home and use digital tools such as Zoom or what have you to connect and collaborate, then they said, well, what else can I do, you know, through other online tools to do learning or uh, work yeah. or things like that. So I think that fed into you some of You can get this. up to speed a lot faster. Boy, Aaron, mm -hmm. I didn't really put that down in, in, in this piece that we're talking about that, I'm, mm -hmm. that I wrote on the employee experience, but you are absolutely right. I just thought about, think about Pluralsight, uh, Linda, mm -hmm. uh, all these sites uh, that have now come out that are very much learning based. And we have a generation of, of workers and in, in talent that really is built as a native, a native digital. And, and I didn't really factor that much as much into the equation, but you're absolutely right. So you can learn, gosh, we can go to YouTube and, and do a lot, fix anything, but we certainly can learn a lot fast, faster. And if this is something that that's a tool that that's an opportunity for the right companies right. to bring people that maybe were in other industries into their world um, that have high growth potential of, uh, both the business or the company and the individual. So mm -hmm. this is that force I think that we're seeing. Right. And I, uh, these forces that are going on, I think these realization that <clears throat> I, I think you've probably seen this, but there's a whole subreddit out there called anti-work. It's not, it's not meant to be that we hate working. It's meant to be that the way that uh, they were treated by an employer, the work environment, you know, is what they're against. They they would love to go work, but they want to work for somebody where they feel valued. They feel like they're um, providing yeah. value to the company, or they valued as a person. You know, uh, I I seen some of this boom and 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 so forth. But to your point, I think some of that it's to the native digital and going online, seeing this, and they're part of a community that feels the same way they do, is feeding into these expectations that. Uh, employees are are putting out there of what they would like to see when they get hired or the company or the type of leaders that are out yeah. there to your earlier point there, there's a new set of criteria that that's mm -hmm. come up for sure for um, no matter where you are in the maturity or age or mm -hmm. experience perspective and you know the more flexible work environment um, uh, many of us have worked from remotely for some time but now that's more of a discipline so you have to think not just about work-life balance, but work-life integration, because, you know, three o'clock, we got to go pick up the kids. We have things, we have a doctor's appointment or something, and people can come back on and, and maybe the kids are quieter or you have some more downtime at, at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. where you can actually work on that project. And this whole work-life integration is not necessarily to work more hours, but rethinking those strict standards that were put in place that, that were artificial. So that's one aspect of it, but you really touched, Aaron, on such an important point around the other uh, area that is, does this company, do we share the same values? Do we share the same you know, aspirations about things that matter? And um, you're seeing this in, in all the public filings. You have to have very specific ESG type of diversity and inclusion and very specific, um, you know, cultural values and things that are that have to be followed and I think companies are sorry employees are starting to really think about companies that share those same values so you have two 
factors, at least in the work environment you're talking about. So that's where work gets redefined from that perspective. Yeah, well, another one that I've seen uh, uh, surge up more and more is if companies are um, on track with sustainability efforts too. Yeah. That's, that's a big uh, factor as people's uh, values are aligning with um, you know, the environment and sustainability yes. around you know, that's a huge, huge criteria. specific areas, you know, uh, ocean or uh, preservation or animal life or uh, just natural resource preservation. The planet, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm seeing that play a lot into some of these um, uh, decisions that um, uh, employees are making of which companies. Um, I, another thing I, I was curious about is as far as what's impacting uh, folks' decision around which companies they're looking at as potential places to work is if, uh, if there's they're seeing a lack of digital investment from these companies. Are these companies putting in tools or apps or resources and security and things in place to where these native digitals feel like they have a place to to go work or they can work from anywhere um, and have that freedom to explore the digital landscape, if you will, or are they seeing, well, wow, you got these apps from like 10, 15 years ago that look so outdated. And I feel like I can't do certain things. It's, or, yeah. you know, restrictive. Are you seeing that as kind of a barrier to some of this? Well, it, it's a barrier, but I think they're, you know, you want to work in a place that feels just like everybody. Everybody wants, mm-hmm. we talk about experiences. Well, there's an employee experience. You come in, you have certain things you expect that you're going to have. Right access to resources, that it's going to be frictionless, that you don't have to go through a bunch of hurdles to get basic things done. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have the digital infrastructure or the digital mindset or the digital culture uh, for many of these uh, employees that we're trying to attract, that is an advantage to make sure that you do stay modern, that you're not just the consumer experience. Yes, it has to be for your customers and for the markets you serve, but it also has to be for the employees. It shouldn't be hard to come in and onboard. It shouldn't be hard to come in and get some basic things done uh, that you need to do because that's not where they want to spend their time on this you know, admin and a bunch of barriers and, and hurdles. They want to be able to spend the time you know, creating and doing the work that they need to do. So you, you absolutely, that's another factor to look at to make sure you want to, want to bring in. And of course, this is cliche, but that doesn't mean, you know, the keg and the ping pong table that we've seen through the dot com and through some of this Mm -hmm. cool office environment, the cool office environment gets reimagined in a digital world to your point Mm -hmm. about that experience. And, and, and maybe now that your team does uh, virtual happy hours where you gather across different departments or within Mm -hmm. your department, instead of being in the office and you, you do something creative where you get sent a package from the company that's kind of cool and neat and say, oh, wow, look, we get experiences. Or maybe they say experience with your peers or experience it with your family. So that's yeah. that whole process of the, the employee digital experience that the same kind of things that we're trying to do for our customers and our consumers. Um, I think your observation's right on there, but it's just another thing to think about of what you want your employee experience to be. So I've got to ask, I think, I think you've been, uh, you and I are kind of chatting about some of the folks you've been, you've been having great conversations with in uh, the big struggles inside of the healthcare industry, for example. Yeah. Um, and they've been hit 
massively hard with a lot of people either leaving or uh, over social reasons, and I won't get into all that, uh, or uh, other factors, just, just there's shortages of, of staff to come in in certain regions, you know, geographic regions, what have you. Um, but are you hearing any other, uh, any other things that are kind of an undercurrent as far as like em where employers have missed the boat and trying to connect with potential candidates coming in? Is there just something that's just not resonating? Well, the top-down style of this is our this is our employee handbook, and this is the this is what you have to go through mm -hmm. um, without much regard for um, the individuals. I think that's where you're missing it. And this is not an HR thing in an HR handbook. If you if you think there's this is going to be solved with your HR, they can be the catalyst and the leader and the advocates mm -hmm. and the champion. But this is not an HR thing. This is a company culture thing. This is a company values thing. And um, there is no playbook that's been written. Um, there's certainly learnings, but you have to more feel what is it that your company is about. And we've been doing that pretty well. We've been making progress to do that, as we said, in customers, with markets. We're getting better at that. But now we have to think about that further out uh, or more expansive to employees. So I do think that that um, ability to understand what employees want and need and make that part of the process. Um, the old adage in, in cliche is very, very true. Happy employees make happy customers. They're the ones typically on the front line, interactive, being creative, making things happen. So another part of this, and this is going down a little bit of a different tributary here, is the ability to empower your employees uh, to be able to make decisions and to be able to do the right thing is a huge deal as part of employee experience. And that's something that gets overlooked because, you know, I know there's compliance and there's certain regulations and there's certain things you have to do, but if you don't empower the employee to make decisions, then you get the, you know, I'm interacting with your company online or even called in and I'm now on my third person and, you know, these kinds of things uh, no one's going to want to spend their time on that. And not the customer, but guess what? Not the employee anymore. Um, it, it it makes me think of like, uh, you know, the, the uh, focus of, you know, a customer centric focus. Well, in the middle of that, and it's feeding one into the other is the employee centric focus as well. Just to your point, you know, if you're focusing on your employees and your customers, they're going to, it's going to be this um, symbiotic sort of relationship, if you will, of how things interact, especially in, in certain industries are very heavily dependent on that employee customer engagement. That, that's exactly right. And this is not the employees now rule the world. And this is not, mm -hmm. you know, flipping. This is just being thoughtful the same way you're, you are about your customer experience and engagement that you are about employees. It's mm -hmm. always been important. This is not like waking up, but it's a different environment. And when you're in the middle of a great resignation, moving to a great reshuffle where people are moving to different types of companies um, and how work is done as you articulated, it's gonna be a different environment that you have to, that business leaders have to pay attention to. And, and if I'm in that chair, I, I had a chance to talk to a number of business leaders who are thinking about this and, and actually just trying to read broadly to just what the pulse is. And there's broader things going on here too, that it, it, this is that stuff, but people are now 
you know, smart business leaders are thinking, what is a job? Um, and not to be, you know, existential about it, but, you know, it's, right. it's more about initiatives and outcomes versus specific tasks and jobs that have to be done. That's where the empowerment comes in. That's where uh, empowering people, of course, it has to have some guardrails. This is not, you know, employees run amok and do whatever. We need to align with the goals of the company and all that. But it's not necessarily come to work and, and fit into a job, but more fit into a role that has some of that flexibility. And if you do it right, it flexes with the business needs and requirement that keeps it creative, keeps the employee empowered, keep focused on the tasks and the initiatives and the outcome versus doing work. Um, and this might be an opportunity I see that you're talking to that people are, that are being creative, business leaders who are being creative, see this as an opportunity to move um, from jobs to skills. And that to me is really, really an interesting aspect that could come out of this um, resignation, reimagination, reshuffle, whatever the re is, um, that, that could really make something interesting. Glad you mentioned that word skill because um, more and more now with the pace of change and not only just the way people work or um, that employee-employer sort of relationship is also the uh, pace of change of technology yeah. Use of it, it's it's important to to stay upskilled <laughs> because if you think about it, uh, a lot of jobs and roles that had existed several years back no longer exist, or if they do exist nowadays, they're morphed into something different than they they were tr traditionally thought of as or expected to do in that type of role. Yeah. Um, you know, I've touched on before about how the CFO's role has shifted. You know, from more of a less of a uh, <clears throat> numbers guy, if you will, from that perspective, but more of a strategic looking, forecasting forward looking uh, role. And that's just one example. Um, I'm, there's many out there where that traditional role and mindset of what was expected there, it's not there anymore. And it's, it's, it's reshaped and, and changed into something different. And I think keeping people upskilled to, to the point where maybe that role doesn't make sense anymore, that what you do, it's now morphed into something else, but it's giving employees the opportunity to uh, transform themselves as the business values and business evolution changes. Oh, it's an incredible do. time to be um, an employee in that sense. If, if there's so much change, as you said, going on, there's new technologies, the cloud, AI, machine learning, applications, um, automation in new and different ways, digital that um, I, I, you know, I liken this, you know, as a, as a chief marketing person a few years ago, CRM and marketing automation came out. You looked around and say, who could do this? We haven't done this before. And right. someone will raise their hand that says, I'm, I'm ready. Yep. I have some base skills, but I'm going to learn this and I'm going to become the master of this capability. And we have that. So if mm -hmm. you're an employee, this is an incredible time. So it's, this is not some, oh, it's soft and I, I need more flexible hours alone. That is right. a very real thing. So we need to adjust because we maybe need to bring in alumni or people that are working three-quarter time. And those, yes, that's all true. But on the flip side of that, the employee experiences, there are some hungry people who want mm -hmm. the range, who want to work on cool new stuff and, and be uh, empowered and, and given the opportunity. So this, this smorgasbord, if you will, of, of 
uh, change in employee experience needs to take all that into consideration. So I, I, I get a little, um, little tiresome about, you know, the flexible and all the, those are all real. So I want to make sure right. that's, that's a part of it, but there's right. another piece of it that if companies say, I'm going to, I'm going to go for the people with altitude that have mm-hmm. spectrum. I'm going to find those and I'm going to bring them into my company. I'm going to welcome them. I'm going to empower them and I'm going to give them the digital tools and the learning and the systems um, that you, that you do. And then the last thing I would say, Aaron, that I, I jotted down for this piece that, that that's a very real thing. There's a pay equity um, thing going underneath and transparency here. That's important. People are becoming more empowered about that. So as a business leader, you have to be more proactive you, you know, as a manager, you can't wait for someone to say, well, I thought we were good. You have to be checking in and not just giving raises, but look at total compensation and all the things that can be done to keep that empowered employee, um, not just to acquiesce and, and kind of be kick gloves and all that. You really, you know, be too um, sensitive. You really want to be into it and understanding and part of that. So, gosh, there's so many factors going on in employee experience today yep. that that maybe weren't here, you know, a year, a year and a half ago. Well, uh, many states are, are adopting that whole uh, salary transparency as part of yeah. their oh, uh, laws. Yeah. And I just saw uh, recently, uh, I think uh, they they're crafted a, a bill for it from a, from a federal standpoint, potentially becoming a... a a mandate law of some sort that uh, you've got to have some levels of transparency, what that means, who knows, but to your point, uh, that's the expectations that are out there. Yeah. And and like (laughs) law just means we're not doing probably a good job. Uh, Not always, but that this movement is because we haven't done a good job. So the employer, the business, the business leaders take it into their own hands. Let's not wait for laws. Um, you know, what's happening in Colorado specifically, where you have to actually put out the actual job salary and all of those things. Guess what? People aren't hiring in Colorado. The business goes, I don't want to deal with that. That's, yeah. that's too much. So there's, there's some kind of balancing act. And right. again, understanding this, being more proactive, I think are, be, are going to be the, the business leaders and the organizations and the companies and brands that start to bring in the talent. But again, don't wait for, you know, HR will be a wonderful catalyst for this, but this is beyond an HR thing. This has to be part of the company strategy, company values, and company culture, um, because this is real. Yeah. Well, Scott, you know, uh, time has flown by already with the conversation. Uh, As always, you bring great insights. And uh, I think what you just mentioned here is a great way to kind of cap off the conversation and uh, look forward to... uh, what you're going to be uh, writing about here uh, around this premise of this great reshuffle, if you will. And, uh, and uh, a lot of the insights you're going to bring uh, through that, uh, but uh, thought leadership, but thank you, Scott, for joining the show today. I'm glad to have the conversation again. Always a pleasure, Aaron. Always a pleasure. Thanks for the banter. And, and uh, yeah, it's exciting times in the acceleration economy for sure. It is. All righty. Thanks, Scott.